0: Welcome to the podcast, Widening the Circle of Concern as Sacred Story. We're your hosts, me, Sky Williams-Tao, and I use they, them pronouns, and Jamili Omar, who uses she, her pronouns. And this week, we're considering the question, what is this podcast thing anyway? Um, And just to set set us up a little bit, um, this is a Unitarian Universalist podcast, uh, specifically. So we'll have a Unitarian Universalist or a UU religious lens. In Unitarian Universalism, we center our relationships with one another. And part of how we do that is with our covenants with one another. So for this podcast, we ask everyone, so that's us, anyone who might come on the show, and all of you in our audience to join us in our covenant. And for today, we're actually going to discuss usually we would say our, pod, our covenant right now, but for this podcast, we're gonna talk a little bit more about it later. Um, and then to sort of get us here and arrived, um, yeah, I'm gonna invite us all to just take a breath. Um, You've heard or saw Jamili taking some breath um, and you can just check in with what's around you, check in with this podcast. Think about your senses what are you hearing or seeing or touching and just take a couple breaths with us just to arrive here together now And now I'm gonna invite us into lighting a chalice, which is how um, uh, tradition you turn universalism for opening up a sacred space together. Um, And I'll talk a little bit more about what this chalice lighting reading is. Um, But for right now, I'm just gonna read it for you and hold up a chalice. We return to love again and again and again. We value what is true. We honor holiness. We try and we grow and we fail and we rest and we try. We are here, together, now. We need one another. We covenant.
1: Thank you for doing our reading, Sky. Will you tell us
0: about the chalice that you held up? Yeah, so this is, um, it's actually, it's a clay chalice and, um, I remember we made these one time when I was in uh, YUU, which is a youth group growing up when I was in high school. And our youth advisor in our UU youth group just brought in clay. And that's what we did for that Sunday. And I'm almost certain I didn't actually make this chalice, <laughs> it was somebody else, um, which feels meaningful. Mm. Yeah.
1: So you're a lifelong UU.
0: Yeah, um, I so I uh, started Unitarian Universalism when I was in when I was twelve. Um, I came to the um, educating our uh, our whole lives sexual education program, and then just kind of kept going. <laughs> so I did coming of age, and high school youth, and have been a UU since then. Um, and so that's actually part of where the the chalice lighting reading came out of um, was you know, I moved, I've moved around a bit for the last few years. So I was in Chicago, um, Middlebury, Vermont, um, and Syracuse, New York. Mm -hmm. Um, And I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, And in a lot of those congregations, they share the same or similar reading um, that starts with love is the doctrine of this congregation. Um, And so I wanted like that, that reading has meaning for me because it's been sort of in these multiple places, but um, it didn't feel like it was as alive and sort of what um, I wanted and needed <laughs> from like mm-hmm. a, a, a statement about covenanting. Um, so that the the child writing is actually a rewrite of that, um, that, that piece, that um, section. Mm-hmm. Um, and what about you, Jamili? What's your um, coming into UU's story?
1: <laughs> well, I, I grew up Muslim, and I found Unitarian Universalism in about 2001, um, and did not immediately find a home. Um, had searched around, um, and then ended up coming back to it about um, 11, 12 years ago. Um, so I say 20 years, but it's really been about 12. Uh, and it was when I was started teaching um, while well, I was teaching the three and four year olds, that I really started to understand what Unitarian Universalism was and saw the power in it. Um, so it was at that point where I got I got hooked. I got sucked into it. Um, and and the covenants, the agreements we make with each other and the promises we make to each other through our covenants are part of what I found is so, find is so powerful about Unitarian Universalism. Um, the one creed we might have is that we need not think alike to love alike. Um, and that, that feels very true about, about talking about our covenants. Do you want to tell us about this podcast and how it (laughs) emerged?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, so I, 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 um, I I was actually working on Reverend Susan Frederick Gray's campaign for UA president, which I say because Mm -hmm. I think that's part of what introduced me to the Commission on Institutional Changes work um, for the first time. And so I was I feel like I was really following them throughout their whole um, processing and, um, you know, reaching out to people and, you know, as you know. And I I will say in that I think that that committee in particular was really good about reaching out to people and about having a very sort of dialogic um, way of doing their work. Um, And then when they released the final report last summer, um, that was right before I was going to give a sermon. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do it on the the report. And that also uh, gives me the motivation to read the report, to be real honest. and part of, I, I, I'm not sure quite what clicked in putting together the idea for that sermon, but um, that's where I started thinking of this report as a Unitarian Universalist sacred text, which I'm sure in some ways comes out of um, the podcast Harry Potter and the sacred text. Um, and so that was last summer. I was thinking about that. And then I moved back to Phoenix last summer as well. And as part of that, I was looking at um, UU Justice Arizona, UU Jazz's stuff, and they had a conversation on the report. So I wanted to join and be part of that. And that's where I met Jamili.
1: Yeah, I think that's where we met.
0: Yeah, (laughs) for the first time, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't know if you wanna pick up the story
1: from there. Um, Well, we, um, I don't think we actually had any breakout groups together, Um, but we had a conversation about, about this document as a sacred text and that really resonated with me. Um, in terms of being prophetic and that, that role that sacred ha- texts have of projecting the future, anticipating the future, giving a challenge for who would become in the future. Uh, and that's the role I see of, of this document is, is prophesizing. hey, if we do this work, if we do this stuff that's really super hard and we know it's going to be hard, we could become this you know, beacon on a hill, or shining religion, or whatever it is that we want to say it is, um, and we've got this work to do, and so when you said sacred texts, it really resonated with me in that sense of um, being prophetic, that that this could be who we become if we do the hard work.
0: Yeah, yeah, and um, and I think that's also what, like, I remember when you named that, right, I think that's also something that speaks to me in this text and really is a call to, um, you know, who we could be. <laughs> like, um, yeah, um, I think the other, the other thing I want to name is, um, we did have a little bit of a shift at the very end. It was just a, just a little bit ago. Cause we, we, you know, we started there and we've been talking about this for a while. Um, from sacred text to sacred story Um, and I, I, as I remember that, I, I remember you sort of being like sacred text question mark. (laughs) Um, and then I think I suggested the word story because it, like, I think of when I think of theology, I think of like it being sort of broader than just about God. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. I like, and part of that for me is I also think about like the sort of scientific worldview that I grew Mm -hmm. up with as a theology, as a stories about the world. Um, And story feels like it sort of gets to that place of all the different stories we have and we tell each other that help to make our realities. Um,
1: I also like that that story in that stories are open and evolving. Mm. And this might be the story that we see for us for today or the story we're evolving into today, and it can be rewritten by any one of us. Any one of us has the power to make that happen. Um, so I really liked that reframe of from text, which feels very fixed and immobile, to story as evolving and additive and developing. Um, the other piece that we talked about with this document was this report being an action rather than a noun, like it's a verb rather than a noun. So it is a callback to covenant. And so when we were talking about the covenant for this podcast, we're talking about how Unitarian Universalism says, we believe in the inherent worth and dignity of all persons. We believe in this interconnected web, which includes persons. And we don't always live up to that. And this document is the, the link between the belief and the action, and it's calling us back to, living in that right relationship, living in covenant that we say we believe in. Um, and so it's more of a, a push as a document rather than, um, it's definitely not, I don't think we should read it as a scolding document, but it's a push to live to our higher selves.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, I'm thinking about like the push and the invitation, right? <laughs> like I think both are, both are present there. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, and what? so I think, I feel, I'm feeling it's a bridge into, we we talked about, um, talking about our own covenant, right, for this podcast, and I also did want to name, just hearing you say that, that one thing that, um, this rewrite that I did of The Love is the Doctrine, I don't think I talked about, was it really came out of, at least in part, my sense of covenant as being something that we're actually Sort of constantly having to return to, right? That is like mm-hmm. sort of constantly being broken. Um, and that, like, I think sometimes we have this idea that it's like, oh no, like the like it, it's like this big deal. And not to say it's not a big deal to like be out of a relationship, right? Um, but I think it speaks to our, like, a sense of uncomfort, like, discomfort with the idea that, you know, like we do have internalized racism and racism is against, like, against covenant (laughs) so like in some ways like we are sort of constantly having to come back to this this thing this 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 promises we make together this way we want to be together um and Mm -hmm. that was part of where i think my that is part of where that rewrite came from and i think Mm -hmm. yeah i think i'm also thinking about like the we we've talked we talked a little bit before this about what some of the guiding principles we wanted for for us um and and again with that invitation for those watching for, or listening for those who come on our podcast to sort of be also in, come with us for some principles and some covenant. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And I, and I think the, the last thing I really want to say about covenant is that we have to practice it. It is itself a practice of doing it, but we also have to practice doing it mm-hmm. and practice coming back to covenant. Um, Which means that we have to value the process of that over the product. We have to value the process of coming back to relationship more than always being in relationship because we're, we're human. We're going to fail at it. We're going to make mistakes. Um, And as we were kind of perseverating on this, this podcast and worrying about our own personal failings and our internalized isms, um, just being worried that we're going to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing or present it in the wrong way. And I think the agreement that we've come back to is that the process of doing it is more important than the final product that we come to in any given moment. And we can revisit those moments when we make mistake or fall out of covenant. Um, And that's really hard. I'm a perfectionist and I want it to be right and perfect and done. Um, And so to say, no, it's the process of uncovering where the meaning is made and where the
0: relationships are held which I do love and I think, I like <laughs> one thing we talked about was having a covenant, having a static covenant, but actually I feel like just hearing you say that, you know, I think it is, I think we'll name some of the principles, right? Because we have, mm-hmm. we have some principles and some ideas that we really want to, you know, let guide our work. Right. And like, I think there's something really real in what you are saying that it's, it's not about the like, you know, five lines that you write, <laughs> like in a way it's about this, yeah, the practice and the process and, um, and coming back and really trying to do like this important work, right? Of looking at this prophetic story about talking about um, the religion we love um, Hmm. together. Hmm.
1: Which I think is really important to name some of the starting places, both from the widening the circle and that you and I have talked about in terms of where we're starting. Mm -hmm. And one of the really important ones is that um, we are, in a culture that promotes white supremacy, it promotes this cis-heteropatriarchy, it promotes these values that we are swimming in. We're we're in them. Um, And so it's hard for us to see outside of them because we're in them. Um, And we wanna ground this work in anti-racism. We wanna ground this work in really accepting the challenge of taking it on.
0: Yeah, and I think, and uh, I think a piece of that, like, sort of a corresponding piece of that, I think that we talked about is just that this, um, is where it gets messy, right? It can bring up a lot of feelings for us, for, you know, everybody, because we're all swimming in it, right? Um, mm-hmm. and it's, it's so painful, right? We're swimming in this thing that's both pre- like omnipresent and super painful, uh, for a lot of people. And so, you know, I think this just has, um, I think we're just gonna hold that as best we can, right? Knowing we will probably make mistakes. Um, and we we are committed to trying to be in right relationship with all of you in the audience, right? So if you, you know, please be in contact with us and we'll talk a little bit more about how <laughs> later. But, um, and, you know, and, and just holding the fact that we're, um, We're not perfect and we're not gonna solve racism with this podcast, right? Mm. (laughs) And we know it's so important, right? And so important for our faith. And so we are gonna talk Mm. about it and and try our best with that.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, that not only are we not gonna solve
1: racism, but that this this document itself doesn't solve racism within Unitarian Universalism. But it does give us some steps towards uh, living, towards actions that more align with the values that we espouse or with the theology that we espouse. And so pointing us that way and this podcast pointing us that way. um, The other thing we talked about in depth is that this podcast is one way to access the document, but it is secondhand because it's through our lenses um, and whoever guests we have on, but it's through our lenses and it's not a firsthand account. Um, And I'll say this again at the end of the podcast, I invite everyone to go and get the document. It's freely available uh, as a PDF. You can purchase it as a hard cover or a soft cover. Um, So it's, it's freely available and take advantage of that and read it if you can, if that's uh, possible for you.
0: Yeah. And I think part of that is also, um, Uh, There's actually a lot of like there's a lot of videos out there from the Commission on Institutional Change. So um, like I said, like I I actually had to like kind of like give myself a deadline to read this report because I'm not somebody who loves reading dry report. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think this is important. So I do think you should read it because I think I want to lift this up as a sacred story that I do think it's important to read. Um, And there's a lot of videos of the Commissioners talking so it's like, that's a better way for you to engage with this work, like to, <laughs> you know, listen to people talking back and forth as we're doing. As we're um, doing. Right. Um, there, they, there's videos of the commissioner who's talking like on the view podcast, or if you Google the commission on Institutional change, you might need to put a UU in there. Um, they'll take you out to a page that has a lot of videos of them, mm-hmm. of, of conversation. Right.
1: Um, Seems like but, a good link we can could, we could put in the comments. Right. When we get to that point. <laughs> right. <laughs> were there any other, were there any other guiding principles for this podcast that you wanted
0: to lift up? Yeah, I'm thinking about, I think one, I'm thinking about this piece that's like, um, like, letting the, the Commission on Institutional Changes report guide the conversation a little bit, like trying to, as best we can, Right trying to take the, sort of read the document in its own terms um, and engage with the work in the way that, um, yeah, I'm I'm not quite sure how to say it, but like with sort of um, following the text. And so I did want to mention part of what we're doing is we'll, we will be going um, sort of line break by line break in the table of contents in the commission's report. So if you want to read or engage with it in that way um, and follow along with us, that's what we'll be doing. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, when, so my last life, my last career was teaching uh, literature and we would call that close reading. So mm-hmm. we, we're letting the, the text guide how we're reading and interpreting the text. So that's a very internal conversation rather than bringing in outside influences to it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So really trying to read the text closely and and share our thoughts on what is going on internally.
0: Right. And, and part of that, I think that you touched on, Jamila, is also this, like, that we aren't commissioners, right, <laughs> like, we're, we actually weren't, yeah. part, you know, like, um, and so we're, and we're people who believe this, this report is a sacred story. Um, so that's, that's the angle, right, that we're coming mm-hmm. at the text from. I think the
1: other angle that's really important to lift up is that we're we're both coming at this through, the attitude of curiosity and wonder rather than knowledge and definitiveness that we really are curious. What does this report say and how do we interpret this together? And then how does it influence our actions, behaviors, beliefs? Um, and so really knowing that the questions we ask are genuine questions. What what does this mean and how do we interpret this and how do we apply it?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and and you know, trying I think our best to um, let that guide us <laughs> and go sort of move along with that, right? And in sort of yeah. tying back to what we we're talking about with process, um, you know, those these are sort of where we're starting from, and I think we're also gonna see where that goes and see what grows mm-hmm. out of it, um, mm-hmm. out of this conversation and of the questions we ask um, and wrestle with together, right? Right. right.
1: And I think that, I, I hope, one of the consequences will be disagreement. I think, well, I hope mm-hmm. we get to places where we say, oh, I think it means this thing. And you say, no, it means something completely different. <laughs> yeah. um, and so it, we've talked about how activism, how religious work, the work that we're doing is a multi lane highway and it's got different avenues for uh, all, all of us, for each of us to participate in. Uh, and some of us are going really super fast and some of us are not. And that's okay. Um, that that we each are on our own journey, hopefully headed to uh, whatever that beloved community is that we're trying to build.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, I'm also thinking about like, like, I think we've talked about like, you know, not expecting the text to be perfect either or the report to be mm-hmm. perfect. And I, I'm thinking about just hearing you say that and thinking about like this framing also that extending some grace <laughs> to, to the report. Um, that we, The same that, I, you know, that we're, I think, trying to extend to ourselves is this, um, you know, like this permission to be a little bit messy and that though we might disagree with the text and that doesn't mean we don't think it's prophetic, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or sacred um, and that there might be some something that could potentially grow out of right disagreements between us, disagreements with us and text, but there's, but that actually might be a rich place. Um, mm-hmm. Too, yeah, yeah, absolutely,
1: and a place for more wonder and curiosity. Right, I, I wonder why they came to this conclusion. I wouldn't have come to that. Um, yeah, I'm excited to to go in it through there. The other thing that was difficult. Um, when we had the conversation with the Arizona UUs, was keeping anti-racism at the center, knowing that we both come from an intersectional lens and the overlaps um, and uh, building of oppressions uh, impacts the the intersections of different privileges and oppressions impacts each person so very differently. Um, And... That this report is really about focuses primarily, firstly, on racism and keeping anti racism at the fore. Um, we've had a, some discussions about how difficult that is. Right. And I think that's
0: something, you know, I think is, it's going to be a balance for us. <laughs> you know, like, um, yeah, it's just is, like, I think that focus is important. I think, like, sometimes, um, like, it feels like to have that lens and to really, like, go, like, both because, you know, like, that's what the text asks us to do. That's what the report is asking us to do. And I think just for, um, for Unitarian Universalism, I think actually having that focus is really important. Um, yeah. And, and, and it is not the only oppression <laughs> that exists, right? And we know that. Um, yeah, and, 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 yeah, and I, I think I did want to say like also like, that is where I think like I, I identify as white um, and I'm coming to that sort of with this lens and that's part of where the, the close reading of the text feels really important to me because I don't, I think it is totally possible to sort of take the text and then like say something that has nothing to do with what the text was saying. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and so I, in that way feel committed to really like doing that close reading. And that you know, yeah, and that like, um, that being one of the things that can anchor us in that, um, in that, in that way we want to approach this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And for disclosure, my lens is as a second-generation Arab American um, with light skin privilege, and so I um, exist in different spheres of oppression based on that and spheres of privilege based on that. So it's really complicated untangling your own positionality in terms of race, um, and then taking on this layer of positionality and all the other intersections. It's going
0: to be, it's going to be a challenge. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, you know, I'm just, I'm like going back to the piece that it's like, we wrote like, this is like dicey waters, right? (laughs) Just like, this is, you know, I'm thinking also, you know, like, like one lens I definitely bring to this is like having like anti-racism training or like having talked about that before this. Right. And like that does influence, right. You know, like, like, just, I'm like thinking about those, like teasing out all the pieces we bring to any given yeah. conversation. Right. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, includes- and the other
0: piece, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to name, like, I, I do think there's a a real history of pain for people of color. You know, Look, I just, like, I think sometimes that's a, like, when people are bringing in, right, part of what people are potentially bringing in is, like, a lot of, um, I'm, like, trying to say this without swearing, (laughs) like, like, a lot of, um, not kind or thoughtful things that people have said Mm -hmm. to them, um, in, in our churches, right, in our, in our communities.
1: Hmm. Are you trying to name microaggressions and macroaggressions?
0: Yes, that's what I'm trying to name. (laughs) (laughs) It's
1: true, and Unitarian Universalism has done harm. We've done harm. Um, Individuals and institutions have done real harm, um, particularly to black indigenous people and people of color, um, but also to other marginalized and oppressed identities.
0: Right. And, and this is, I'm thinking, and, and we've done harm, right? I mean, like, and the flip side is we also have folks who have done harm, you know, mm. um, intentionally, not intentionally, like, you know, like have, have hurt other people. Um, mm. and that's a, that's a complicated thing to navigate. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, I'm just thinking of, like feelings of, you know, shame or feelings of, you know, um, like, whatever I serve it internally about having hurt somebody else, right? When recognizing mm-hmm. that, I do think there's a, there's a pain that can come from that. Right. Um, and, and, or denial. Right, 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 right. And, like, the, the, the sense of, like, I'm thinking of, like, white fragility, right, around denial and not wanting to be honest, right, about mm-hmm. our mistakes and the way they've impacted others
2: or, right. or, or things
0: we've done intentionally in the way they've impacted others, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which I
1: think is part of, I think that's part of our covenant discussion is having covenants or living into covenants that invite people back into relationship rather than shaming and blaming them when they fall out of relationship. And so how do we invite people that intentionally or unintentionally have caused harm back to relationship with us and say, you don't have to do that again. And we still love you. We know you caused harm and we still love you you can be here and we still love you. You know, that, that, that calling back to community should be a part of our covenanting. Um, and I feel like there are people who are gonna read this report and say, I feel shamed, I feel blamed. I'm not being invited back to community, I'm being kicked out of community. And I'd, I'd like to name that, I don't think that that's what the document does, but let's explore that and see where we feel it does shame.
0: Does it, you know? Yeah. And, and I, I think I do want to just name the other piece of that to me. That's like, um, also inviting back into community folks, we've really hurt. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like, and, and how, and I I, I don't know the answer to this, but I think it's a real question of um, how do we do the redemption work? Right. How do we do the accountability work? How do we do the, uh, yeah. Forgiveness. Right. Like we, we, we hurt Mm -hmm. you. Right. And like, I don't know, and when we want to invite you back in, and it feels like it's not, there's also, you know, like how do you? I, I guess this is an open question for me. How do you invite somebody back when you've hurt? Um, and what work do you have to do to like, to to make that a real invitation and not just like we're inviting you back in to get hurt again, <laughs> like because mm-hmm. um, that feels, you know, not right either. Right.
1: Hmm. I'm curious how your imposter
0: syndrome is feeling. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking. <laughs> I don't know. I am like I'm, like I'm talking to Jamili. <laughs> like, this isn't the first uh, conversation we've had like this. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And that, that's actually, I feel like, a, uh, uh, a more comfortable space for me um, mm-hmm. to, like, talk to, to somebody who I, uh, like, trust to sort of be in conversation with around this, mm-hmm. um, which I will say is not all Unitarian Universalists. Um, uh, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, maybe I'm, I'm, like, thinking about that. And I'm also, like, I know that I come from, like, some privileges, so I'm not sure how fair that is to say, but, um, well, I guess it's fair to say, and, and, right, (laughs) and. Right, right? and, Um, and. Um, and I guess I'm, I'm kind of coming back to this piece that's, like, you know, all of this is true, and everything we've talked about, and I love... All of it, right? <laughs> like I, I feel like I feel really excited about where we're going. And like fundamentally this is like, I want to talk to people about this report. <laughs> like I, and, and, and I think it's so important, you know? Yeah. Um, and this has like gone all sorts of directions I wasn't expecting and, and, and actually, you know, I want to talk about this report with you. I'm excited to mm-hmm. do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, specifically with the two of us and, and, you know, we can think about whoever else we invite on, but
1: yeah, um. I feel like that's a really good spot to transition to the what's next Mm -hmm. in terms of framing this um, experience is um, as we move through, we'll be finding ways for who's ever watching or listening to interact with us. We have brainstormed lots of different ideas, including email. um, If you know, there's another way you can think of that you might want to get in touch with us, you know, to include those ways. Um, but definitely keeping at the fore that this is a dialogue, not just between the two of us or whoever else we interview, but that the, we believe that this document is inviting all Unitarian Universalists into a, doc, into a dialogue about Uh, the issues it brings up and so how do we continue those dialogues whether that's in you know taking this video and showing it to people and having a discussion about it or having your own small group whatever it is uh, that's really important for us is that this is the circle widens and everybody dialogues were there other goals that you had for this experience
0: I think you got it (laughs) yeah I think you got it. Okay,
1: then um, we're going to end, uh, we're going to try and end every session with an action or a challenge, something that that as you're watching this that you can go and do. Um, so it's not just all in our heads and stays in our bodies, but that there's something that you can go and what's the next step. Um, If you've got ideas for next steps, send them to us. We'll incorporate those too. Um, But I think the first one really is an invitation for everyone to um, access the report in some way or access those videos that Sky was talking about earlier that they're out there. Um, We can probably link the websites. Um, There is a freely available PDF, at least it has been freely available. which I know is not everybody's preferred way of reading it, but it's free. Um, And at least to be able to reference when we say on this page or this thing that you have access to it. So that's your challenge for now, is to get access to the documents, to the commission, um, to learn what it is you wanna learn. And I will wrap us up with If you wanna show us our chalice again, I'll wrap us up with a little blessing for everyone. I wish you to go in peace. I wish you to go with your power. I wish you to go and do good in the world. And I wish for you to go knowing that
2: you are loved. Here at the end of the podcast, I wanted to say a few thank yous. Uh, So first off, thank you to Unitarian Universalist Justice Arizona or UU Jazz, especially Janine Gelsinger who had uh, held a group to read through Winding the Circle that helped inspire this podcast and just for all of her support in this process. Um, And also a special thank you to Phoebe Dubich for designing our beautiful logo. Um, Here, in this first episode, I did want to do an image description of that logo for all of those of you who are following us on the podcast in an audio format. Um, So the logo is a chalice that is being looked at from sort of an above and to the angle view Um, and around the chalice there are a bunch of hands that are resting on the edge except for and there's a little space a cleared space um, on the edge of the chalice closest to the person who is um, taking in the image Uh, and these hands are of a variety of skin tones um they also have a variety of accessories so there's a uh, a couple of different bracelets that people are wearing one of the hands is wearing rings Um, one of them has a scrunchie on one of them has what looks like acrylic painted nails Um, and somebody has a band-aid on in the middle of the chalice is a little tea light that is lit Um, and near the bottom of the image is the Yu Yu Jazz logo, which is a saguaro that is acting as a chalice for a flame on top of it. The, lo- the image also includes the title of the podcast, Winding the Circle as Sacred Story. I also want to mention that um, in the video uh, rendition of this, uh, Jamili has taken the logo and put it onto a background of a starry sky. Um, yeah, so that's, the, that's what that is. And again, thanks to Phoebe, I, I love this image. <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad I get to share a little bit of it with you. And finally, um, I just want to say thank you to all of you for being with us, um, for reading through this with us, for following along. And just a reminder that you can contact us at story at gmail.com. And we really are excited to hear from you and to hear your thoughts. you mm.